You are listening to a Bible-based message from River Rock Church in Belle Plaine, Minnesota. We invite you to join us Sundays at 10 a.m. We also encourage you to visit riverrockchurch.com for more information and resources. Now here is today's encouraging message from Pastor Chris Tyen. Hi, this is Pastor Chris from River Rock Church in Belle Plaine, and this is the pre-recording for the message that I'm going to share on Sunday about victory through problems and struggles. And I started a new series on victory in Jesus, and we're going to talk about a lot of struggles and problems that we go through. But uh, today we're going to just look at how God can use these problems for good, how God can use your struggles to make you stronger, how God can use these things that you might be going through right now to help you to grow closer to Him, to help you be more effective in serving Him, to give your life uh, more excitement, and uh, to help you experience God in a new way. Do you struggle with problems that keep you up at night? Do you struggle with wondering what the future holds? Do you have problems that you don't know why God allows you to go through them and you wish that you could just see to the other side, that you wish that you could see some kind of purpose, some kind of reason for the struggles and difficulties you go through? Do you wonder if it's normal for a committed Christian, for somebody that God loves to go through these difficulties, these hardships, sickness, financial difficulties, all of these things? If that's you, then uh, give me about 20 minutes or so to share how we can have victory through problems and struggles. How we can have victory through problems and struggles. Everybody has problems. Someone said, everyone has a problem, is a problem, or lives with a problem. And our problems are all different. So financial problems, health problems, relationships problems, uh, problems with guilt, depression, temptation, failure, stress, burnout. So these are some of the problems we're going to look at in this new Victory in Jesus series that we'll be going through over the next few weeks at River Rock Church. So I know that your problems and my problems can all be different. So uh, sometimes problems are caused by different life stages. So I remember uh, praying and crying out, asking God to provide me my first car. He did. It wasn't what I expected, but it was what I needed. I remember crying out and praying that God would provide a wife. And uh, she wasn't what I expected. She was way better in every way, and after 33 years of marriage, I still think that she is the perfect gift to me, and I'm so thankful to God for her. So, But we go through difficulties, and we should know that in the struggles that we go through, that it is normal. So sometimes the difficulties are caused by our own choices, sometimes they're caused by life situations, sometimes they're just normal. Like when we started to have children, and we had infant troubles, or we had toddler problems, or we had kid problems or teenager problems or I'd like to say we don't have any adult children problems and we don't have any grandchild problems. I'd like to say that. Anyway, uh, grandchildren are a great gift. But anyway, Jesus says, I've told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. Jesus overcame the world and we can overcome the world through Jesus. So we just need to trust that it's all going to turn out okay in the end. So Romans 8.35, Paul says, can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? 
So verse 37, no, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. So we have the victory in Christ. It may take some time to experience uh, the solution to our problems, but we know that in the end, it's going to turn out okay. And I just want to assure you with that, because if you look at the Old Testament, all these people that God used greatly had troubles, had problems. So I was just thinking about some of the characters in the Old Testament and uh, problems and struggles everywhere. So Adam and Eve got kicked out of the garden, but they still parented the human race. So they were the first parents to uh, suffer the pain of losing a child. They were the first parents that suffered the pain of having uh, the first murderer in the family. Uh, Job was a victim of Satan's bet, but yet he faithfully endured. Satan's like, hey, God, Job's not going to follow you if you don't give him such a cushy life. And God's like, yeah, I think he will. Let's see. So Job endured all those things, even when his wife told him he should just curse God and die. But anyway, Job was faithful. So Noah, uh, a righteous man, was called by God to build a huge boat that would take care of... Um, preserving his family and a pair of all the animals uh, during a global flood. And not only did Noah have to build the boat, but he also was preaching to the people about the coming judgment. And they're like, dude, you're crazy. We don't know what rain you're talking about and what's a boat. But anyway, um, Noah was faithful and it was God who shut the door, not Noah. And then the rains did come and the floods did come up and the people did die. And then eventually the waters receded and Noah and his family and all the animals were able to get off the boat. And then they had to start building everything again. But guess who was an expert builder? Noah and his family. Where did they get these skills? Ah, uh, they built an ark. So anyway, Abraham was blessed by God, but occasionally chose to lie because he was afraid. So God's blessing him in every way. And every now and then he's like, ah, uh, she's not my wife. She's my sister. Well, it was actually a half truth, but nonetheless, uh, it wasn't totally honest. It wasn't totally trusting God, but uh, Abraham had issues. His life wasn't perfect. He had troubles and struggles, uh, yet um, those situations that he went through uh, helped him during that time. Uh, Moses had a bit of a temper, but yet is considered one of the most humble men ever. Uh, his adoption his wilderness experience helped prepare him to lead God's people. So the hard things that Moses went through helped prepare him to uh, rescue the Israelites from the Egyptians and say, let my people go, and also helped to uh, lead those people around the wilderness for 40 years. But anyway, so God used Moses, even though he wasn't perfect and he had lots of troubles. Joseph was destined for greatness, but first he had to serve as a slave and a prisoner before he would save the world from starving. Uh, God called up David to be king, but before David got to be king, he had to put up with crazy King Saul for quite a while before taking the throne. But in the midst of all of his troubles, he gained skills for fighting, uh, leading, and worshiping. He wrote most of many of the Psalms. So anyway, so what's your trouble or struggle? Uh, I wonder when your life is spent, if you'll look back and say, wow, God used that hard time for good. I see what good came of it. Romans 8.28 says, and we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. So um, how does he do that? Uh, in at least five ways. So let me share with you how he uses our problems from our selections to help us with directions 
inspections, corrections, and perfection. All right, number one. God allows problems that result from our selections. So God gives us a free will. He gives us the opportunity to choose what we're going to do. He's going to give us he gives us the opportunity to choose the things we invest in, how we how we use our time, what we eat, how much we eat. Uh, all these things that lead to our current conditions are often choices that we are a result of the choices that we have made. You know, it really is true we reap what we sow. Galatians 6:3 says if you think you are too important to help someone, you're only fooling yourself, you're not that important. Pay careful attention to your own work, and then you will get the satisfaction of a job well done, and you won't need to compare yourself to anyone else. You know, that's really fitting for Labor Day weekend. So we need to work. Work is a gift from God. Work is something that God uses to um, help us to use our gifts, our talents, our skills to find satisfaction in life. Our work is, if we have a job that matches with our skill set and our desires, can be a great joy. So being a pastor is a difficult job, uh, but it's also a uh, delightful job, especially when I'm able to see that I'm making a difference. So hopefully you can see you're making a difference at your work. Hopefully the things that you do, you can see how God is using you in that. When I worked in the optical industry, I uh, always thought to myself, you know, I'm here because I'm helping people see better. So what I do helps people see better and it provides a paycheck so I can support my family and I'm supposed to work as unto the Lord. So I want to be a good worker. It says, pay careful attention to your own work. Then you will get the satisfaction of a job well done and you won't need to compare yourself to anyone else. Then it says, verse five, we are each responsible for our own conduct. Uh, verse six says, those who are taught the word of God should provide for their teachers, sharing all good things with them. So uh, that's actually how pastors are supported is through the uh, offerings for the givings for them from the giving of uh, God's faithful people in the church and those who support the church so that the pastor can keep serving. All right, let's get back to verse 7. Don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant. Let's work at, look at verse 8. Those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature. But those who live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. So let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. So God uses our selection. Uh, God uses and allows our freedom of choice, our free will. God allows us to make good choices and bad choices and then to uh, reap a harvest for those things that we've done that are good. Uh, you will always harvest what you plant. Uh, at just the right time, we'll reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. So uh, make wise choices and know that um, sometimes if you made a bad choice, that God can actually use that to help you move forward, to um, make better choices next time. So number two, God uses problems to give us direction. Sometimes God redirects us through our problems. Uh, C.S. Lewis wrote, God whispers to us in our pleasure, but shouts to us in our pain. So God uses problems to get us back on track or to keep us on course. Psalm 119.67 says, I used to wander off until you disciplined me, but now I closely follow your word. So God often uses problems to direct us, to keep us on track spiritually. You know, sometimes when I'm the neediest, it's the time where I pray the most. So it's the time when I go 
through difficulty, when I lack something, when I don't know what to do, when I have been diagnosed with some kind of sickness or anything like that, just like you. Uh, sometimes those hard times bring us closer to God. Uh, sometimes a paycheck-to-paycheck existence keeps us close to God as we pray, Lord, give us this day our daily bread. Sometimes if we have more than we need, then we're like, oh, I don't, I don't need you, Lord. I've got it all taken care of. I'm good. So anyway, uh, 2 Corinthians 12, 7 says, Even though I have received such wonderful revelations from God, so to keep me from becoming proud, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger from Satan to torment me and keep me from becoming proud. So God gave Paul some kind of difficulty to keep him from being too prideful, to keep him close to him, to keep him humble. I mean, Paul, the Apostle Paul wrote most of the New Testament and uh, was extremely important and used by God. And that could have caused him to become prideful. But the difficulty that he went through kept him humble, kept him close to serving the Lord. So we don't know exactly what the thorn in the flesh was, what the messenger from Satan was, what that difficulty was that he had. <clears throat> maybe it was arthritis. Maybe it was something with his eyesight. Galatians 6.11, uh, Paul writes, Notice what large letters I use as I write these closing words in my own handwriting. So why is he writing such big letters? Because his hand hurts? Because he can't see? Uh, anyway, so uh, Paul prayed and said, you know, Lord, take this away from me. I could be more effective if you'd take this away from me. Uh, it hurts. I don't like it. Take it away. Uh, Lord, I'm, I'm doing all this work for you. Can't you just like reward me and answer this prayer? Second uh, Corinthians 12, 9, each time the Lord says, my grace is sufficient. My grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I am glad to boast about my weaknesses. Paul says so that the power of Christ can work through me. So, so Paul was allowed to have that uh, difficulty to make him more effective. So maybe the difficulty you're going through, the pain you're going through, may make you more effective. You know, if you are given a cancer diagnosis or some other kind of sickness diagnosis, you might start to reevaluate what you're doing with your life and reorganize your priorities. And maybe you'd get more serious about following Jesus. So sometimes uh, what can seem like a devastating diagnosis can actually be the beginning a great, of a great new opportunity to serve and follow the Lord. So anyway, um, we should pray though. Uh, Psalm 119.35, Lord, make me walk along the path of your commands for that is where my happiness is found. You know, a good thing to do is to uh, reflect on your day at the, as you like are lying on your bed at night to reflect on your day and ask the Holy Spirit if there's any sin that has gotten in the the way of your relationship with the Lord. And uh, just to pray, uh, confess that, say, I acknowledge that that was wrong. That was a bad choice. Please help me not to do it again. Please forgive me. Help me not to do it again. And then accept that forgiveness and then move on. It's a great way to keep a clean slate so God can help you to live a blessed life. Number three, God allows problems for inspection. God allows problems for inspection. Someone has said, Christians are like tea bags. You don't know what's in them until they get in some hot water. I thought that was pretty awesome. So sometimes problems and troubles can reveal, you know, where our faith really is. Um, I often also think that uh, pain, uh, like when you hit your thumb with a hammer, uh, the thing that comes out of your mouth kind of reveals where your heart's at. So if uh, you like 
smash your finger and you start swearing, you got a stream of swear words, uh, it kind of shows what's in your heart because the Bible says that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. We need to have the Lord help us uh, to keep growing in Him. And sometimes an inspection is great. You know, uh, when my brakes are squeaky, when I'm concerned about uh, maintenance or the condition of my truck, I will take the wheels off and do some inspecting and see if something needs to be replaced or if anything's wrong or whatever. So same thing in our lives. Sometimes uh, God needs us to pull over so he can take the wheels off and uh, check and uh, show us what needs to change and help us to change. First Peter 1.6, so be truly glad. There is wonderful joy ahead, even though you must endure many trials for a little while. These trials will show that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold, though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. Would that be an awesome thing to have Jesus come alongside of you and say, hey, you know what? I know what you're going through. And, uh, you were faithful, so you handled it well, and I'm proud of you. That would be awesome to hear from Jesus. So that would be awesome. So Peter compares the testing of our faith with the refining of gold. So they'd heat the gold up, and then the impurities would float to the top, and then they would skim that off. And the same thing is true in our lives when uh, troubles heat up. Uh, hopefully impurities will float up to the top and we can get rid of that and become pure in our faith and become more effective in following Jesus. But God allows problems for inspection because when we go through those difficulties, it often shows uh, how deep our faith is and what kind of character we have and um, those types of things. So uh, sometimes we can't always trust our heart. So uh, Jeremiah 17, 9 says, The human heart is the most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it is? So uh, we need to look into God's Word. We need to compare uh, what we think in our lives with what God's Word says and apply that to our life. The Holy Spirit helps us to do that. A great prayer is found in, one, in Psalm 139.24 that says, Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. So um, you can also look at Psalm 32 and Psalm 51 where David confesses his sin, uh, the sin of his adultery. Number four, God uses problems for correction. God uses problems for correction. So uh, God called the prophet Jonah to go to Nineveh and tell them to repent. And so Jonah ends up going the opposite direction. Here, Jonah chapter 1, verse 2, uh, God says, Get up and go to the great city of Nineveh. Announce my judgment against it, because I have seen how wicked its people are. But Jonah got up and went the opposite direction to get away from the Lord. He went down to the port of Joppa, where he found a ship leaving for Tarshish. He bought a ticket and went on board, hoping to escape from the Lord by sailing to Tarshish. Verse 4. But the Lord hurled a powerful wind over the sea, causing a violent storm that threatened to break the ship apart. Fearing for their lives, the desperate sailor shouted, to their gods, small g, for help, and threw the cargo overboard to lighten the ship. But all this time, Jonah was sound asleep down in the hold. So here's somebody that is running from God in sin, not aware of his spiritual condition, and there's a big storm and he's sleeping through it. So um, if your problems keep you up at night, that might be a good thing. So maybe it's time to repent and uh, redirect the course of your life. 
So uh, the ship is being uh, like pulled apart and the guys in the ship are like, what's going on? And then they realize that it's Jonah. So they throw him overboard and Jonah gets swallowed by a big fish. Uh, he lives. He repents while he's in that fish. The fish pukes him up on shore and then he goes and tells the people of Nineveh to repent. I don't think he really wanted them to. He was, they were the great enemies of Jonah's people. But anyway, uh, then when they finally repent at the end of the book of Jonah, you see uh, Jonah up on a hill kind of pouting that they actually listened and repented. I think he was hoping to see them all get destroyed. So anyway, um, God can often use our problems to redirect the course of our lives. God can often use uh, the difficulties that we go through to teach us so that we won't do certain things again. So, um, you know, God disciplines us too. Uh, I think back when I was a kid, um, one experience that I had that, you know, made a difference was that it was April Fool's and my friend and I thought it would be funny to uh, tell a dad of a toddler, a uh, family friend, that uh, his child was just just fell down, fell down and got hurt. And um, so he ran as fast as he could to his child. And then we're like, April Fool's. So one of the stupidest things I ever did. And he was so mad. He was so mad and yelled at us and told us how wrong that was. And uh, I've never pulled an April Fool's prank uh, after that because of that whole experience. Um, I'm glad that he let us have it and didn't just laugh it off or tell us that, that was dumb because it helped me to know not to do that again, to be, con to be aware of how people feel when you do stuff like that. Uh, God disciplines us as his children. Hebrews 12.10, our earthly fathers disciplined us for a few years doing the best they knew how, but God's discipline is always good for us so that we might share in his holiness. No discipline is enjoyable while it is happening. It's painful, but afterwards there will be a peaceful harvest of right living for those who are trained in this way. So take a new grip with your tired hands and strengthen your weak knees. God will often discipline us. You know, sometimes the discipline is hardship. Sometimes it's trouble. Sometimes it's financial difficulty. Sometimes it's health difficulty. I suppose the ultimate form of God's discipline for the Christ follower is physical death, though they still get to spend the believer in Christ still gets to spend eternity with the Lord. Maybe there's a time where the Lord is like, you know, you just keep falling into this sin and I try to help you out, but your life is just such a mess. I think I'm going to bring you home now. And uh, But God's discipline is to correct us. God's discipline is to help us to do the right thing. So we need to trust in that. We need to allow that to happen. And number five, Number five, God uses problems to lead us to perfection. God uses problems to lead us to perfection. So we look in the book of James chapter one, and we see that James says that endurance, that our endurance will grow into perfection and completeness. So James one, two, dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. So how does this happen? Through troubles. When troubles of any kind come your way. It means that God can use these troubles for good. God can use your troubles to help you to become more faithful, to help you to rely on Him, to help you see answers to prayer, to help you to gain endurance and strength in the midst of difficulties and, struggle, and troubles. 
I ride my bicycle around a lot. And uh, when I was a kid, I used to ride it all the time. And then I didn't for a long time. And then I started to ride it again as an older adult. And I used to just hate hills. So I try to avoid them. But uh, now I just like look at the hill and it's like, all right, I'm just going to pedal and pedal and pedal and eventually I'll be over the hill and to the other side. I love going down hills, but I don't like going up hills. <laughs> anyway, same is true in our lives. We get stronger. When we go through troubles and difficulties, we get stronger. When we go through hardship, we get stronger. And pretty soon troubles and difficulties that, you know, would just cause us to want to quit are like, ah, oh, that's nothing. This is nothing. You should see what I've been through in the past. So anyway, um, our faith is perfected. Our faith is tested. Our endurance grows. And then when our endurance is fully developed, we will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. Our sanctification in the Lord is guaranteed. It is a process, though. And so uh, the Greek word means to bring to completion or maturity. Uh, therefore, to make us perfect or complete, our imperfections are being removed from our character. Um, the phrase wanting nothing refers to lacking nothing we need to be used of God. So God uses our problems to get us ready to be used by him. So, and then finally, um, the most encouraging part of all is that God can use our troubles and our difficulties to help others. The experiences that we go through, through the hardship and the pain, um, when we see how God helps us through and we see how other people come alongside and help us through, we can take that same experience and then turn that around and help other people in need, help other people that are going through difficulties similar. You know, there's problems or there's people that are going through the same problems you are, same difficulties you are um, or did, and you see how you got through it. You see how God was faithful as you waited for him to answer your prayers and you trusted and waited and then um, God helped you through it. And you can take that same testimony, that same experience and share that with others. And that is a great thing to do. So, so I wonder, uh, maybe you'd like to uh, email us and share, but how did God use your problems and struggles? How did God use your past and your present to shape and mature you so that you can serve Him by helping others? Um, God uses our problems, often from our selections, to help us with direction, inspection, correction, and perfection. So, anyway, so I'm going to share more about this in the coming weeks in the Victory in Jesus series, and I hope that you have found it beneficial. So I also hope that you'll show up to church at 10 a.m. on Sunday, and uh, we are going to meet outside and observe social distancing. It's way better than watching the video, and I usually share things that I didn't share in the video, so it's totally worth your while to um, attend the live worship service uh, in Belle Plaine. So um, if you find River Rock Church's ministry helpful, it would be great if you would pray for us and also if you could help through financial giving. So you can give online at riverrockchurch.com give. We would love to pray for you and know your prayer requests. You can go to riverrockchurch.com pray. If you'd like to watch past messages, riverrockchurch.com watch. Uh, we also have some resources of links to children's ministry, resources and children's bulletins. Uh, 
at that site. If you want to listen to past messages uh, on audio uh, through um, Spotify or uh, Stitcher, uh, Pandora, iHeartRadio, whatever, um, our messages are carried on a lot of those. Go to riverrockchurch.com slash listen. And if you want to see what groups we have meeting right now, you can go to riverrockchurch.com slash groups. So anyway, that's it for me. So hope to see you soon. Bye.